Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 512. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing how to think and grow you in his latest book. You will learn how he overcame $250,000 worth of debt and had a complete identity shift to get unstuck, to get out of his own way and create a whole new reality. Best part, you're going to learn to do the same. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Chris Felton. Chris, welcome. Heather, thanks for having me. Excited to do this with you. I know. And so I have to share a little background. Um, I actually got introduced to you through a mutual friend and got to see you speak live on stage and and bring you on the podcast. But for those who are new to you, please give a brief background. Where do you live and what do you do? Yeah, uh, Castle Rock, Colorado. I've been a financial services entrepreneur for 24 years and uh, have grown a business across the United States. We've helped thousands of people on the financial literacy side and then have been speaking and writing books with my wife, with myself for the last 12, 13 years, got a 21 year old and an 18 year old who are smarter and better than me. And, uh, just all about making an impact. That's why I'm here today. Yes. Okay. And so we're definitely going to touch on, you've just published and released your newest book, think and grow you, which I want to talk about. But before we get there, can you please give some background on where you were in life? Because a lot of my messaging, and I saw it on yours as well, is, you know, a lot of people are feeling stuck in life. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. Stuck mentally, stuck financially, stuck relationally. And it's this whole like getting out of, I call it autopilot, getting, you know, we're stuck in a rut been there, done that. I I was living in monotony, mediocrity. Where were you versus where you are today? Yeah. I mean, my, my turning point uh, was uh, a a conversation that led to the the fight of my life with my second and last wife, Marlo. And it was because I was $250,000 in credit card debt. It was the great recession. I'm a financial services entrepreneur. Uh, I sign a 6,000 square foot office lease that I can't afford. My kids are seven and four. I'm in Colorado. They're in Atlanta. And I was out of money. And I had to pay my ex-wife $5,200 at the beginning of every month in alimony and child support. 
And so I was out of options. So my, my wife, Marlo became my only option. And so I had to come home and the ultimate sales job, I had to convince my wife, Marlo for her savings that she had separate from our marriage. I had to convince her to give me the money, her money to pay my ex-wife. Yeah. Didn't go good. And uh, we call it the purse throwing incident. She lost it, actually threw her purse at me <laughs> and then picked it up and threw it again and threw it again and threw it again, threw it again. And it was a horrible fight. And the bad dream was playing out in front of me, Heather. And what stopped the fight was I asked Marlo, why are we still married? And she went upstairs to figure that out for the rest of the night. And I was left with my thoughts and it was uh, extremely enlightening where I'm like, Oh my Lord. Uh, I haven't seen my kids in months. They don't know who I am. Uh, my ex-wife, I sabotaged that marriage. She really never even had a chance. Like that's the first time it got real for me. It was, you know, four years after our divorce. I'm like, God, wow, I screwed that up. I really screwed up again. Uh, the financial stress just physically impacting my wife. Like it's impacting her health and I'm drinking. I'm a, I'm, I'm just a disaster and my business was failing. And then right then and there, I realized, huh, the common theme to all these messes was me. Yeah. And that's when I woke up and I realized that uh, my way wasn't working and my way is the way of the masses, which is living in hopium, hoping yeah. the outside world will change while we want to stay the same. And right then and there, I had to take 100% responsibility for my mess and really commit to changing or I was going to lose really, really big. Okay, Chris, and I love, thank you for sharing that story. Number one, it really does take self-radical honesty. And let's touch on victim mentality, because I don't think a lot of people even understand that that's where they're at in their life. But anytime you're in a state of blaming, right, blaming your spouse, significant other, your boss, traffic, the government, anytime you blame somebody else, that's victim mentality. So how do you turn the finger and point it back at yourself and realize you are the creator of your reality? And if you created this shit mess, you can also create something else. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, you know, it's a question that my coach always asked me to kind of snap me out of victim and snap me out of my ego. He would just say, based on results, how's your way working? <laughs> yeah. And I hated that question. Yeah. And so... If, if victim's working well for you, keep doing it, <laughs> but it's not. And so my results were debt, staring down a second divorce, kids without their dad. Like that wasn't working for me. Like blaming my ex-wife, blaming the economy, blaming the recession, blaming Marlo, validations, justifications, excuses, like, you know, and, and, and my coach would say, Hey, Chris, world-class thinkers own their results. And so if you like your results, keep doing it your way. If you don't, you should probably try something different. And so victim doesn't work. And it's one of the reasons why 90 plus percent of people 
living in the richest country on the planet, they retire broke. Why? They're victims. So it doesn't work. I'm curious in your turning point, which I'd love to talk about now, you know, that process, the journey on how you changed your life because you have radically transformed. Um, did you have to, or did you have self-compassion and self-love? Because I think generally we're very good about being self-critical, beating ourselves up, that negative self-talk monkey mind. But I've found that I had to have so much self-love and compassion that I no longer wanted to live that way. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I eventually got there. Um, and, you know, there, there's, there's a big difference between middle-class thinking and world-class thinking. And world-class thinkers, their number one skill is what's called objective reality. And it's the capacity to look at your results and own it without emotion and feeling, without beating yourself up, without... It's just you. You're either doing it or you didn't. And middle class people just don't want to feel bad about themselves. So they don't want to look. Yeah. And that's where I was, ostrich. Yeah. And and so, um, so, so eventually, I I got to forgiving myself and I got to, you know, forgiveness. But the the hammering of yourself over past mistakes, like there's there's no value in that. And you, you you do have to become your biggest fan and you do have to get to fully 100% love approval and accept yourself or you will not get what it is that you want. So yeah, compassion, um, grace. Uh, as I coach people, I'm always like, relax. It's okay. <laughs> like you're forgiven, chill out. Like if you're going to change, I think you need to take a lot of the heaviness out of the equation um, and, and relax. And yes, self-compassion is massively important. Okay. I, this, I just started this and it was also something that like, it was a big aha in this speech. I saw you speak live the idea of forgiveness, because I have found that if you are still pissed off and angry at people from last week, six months ago, I, some people, you know, are still, um, thriving on a, something that happened five years ago, you know, like my ex-husband, what is the importance of forgiveness? Oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole show. I mean, that's, um, and it's, it's such a big concept, uh, because, you know, my coach, when I hired him, Heather, I, I was looking for, I call it strategy, right? That's, uh, <laughs> a w bush joke right i'm looking for strategy i'm looking because i'm a i call myself a recovered cpa i'm looking for left brain tactics how to's that's how we were trained that's how we went through school yeah. and literally our first coaching session he's like uh okay i got a homework assignment for you and i was like oh goody homework yay i love homework he said you got to forgive your ex-wife and I could not believe he asked me to do that. But he told me, he said, if you don't forgive her, you're going to be broke your entire life. And I did not ask further for that because he, he gave me the based on results, how's your way of working, right? Not forgiving your ex-wife. How's that working? 
And, and then, so he, he gave me an exercise and he said, when we're done with this call, grab a pad of paper, write her name at the top. And I want you to write down everything you appreciate about her. And you got to do this exercise every day until you no longer need to, and you'll know when. And so we hung up the, we hung up, I grabbed a, pass, a pad of paper, wrote her name, Heather. I stared at a blank piece of paper for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then finally I was like, all right, all right, all right. And it, and he was right. The resentment was real. And I talk about it not being time management, but it's energy management. And one of the reasons I have better energy at 51 than I did at 31 and 41 is I plugged a lot of these energy leaks and I plug a lot of the resentment energy leaks. And that was the big one. So she's a great mom. I wrote that down and I did it the next day. I did the exercise the next day and I found another couple of things. And so the resentment was starting to get released. And then within, I don't know, three weeks, I, I, I just kind of went through a mental checklist as I was working out or driving or whatever. And so you, you're, you know, this better than anybody, you know, new neural pathways start wiring and firing and my whole perception of her changed. And our relationship changed. So we never had like the I forgive you conversation, but thoughts have wings and what went out, she picked up and, you know, what the blessings that have come from that, I actually talk about in my book, like the blessings that have come from that could be an entirely, uh, a whole book. And so it's a, it's a big one. and, And I know that's why I wrote it. I think God put that on my heart because People suck at it. And I, I think I think my perspective on it, well, I know it because I just made a commitment every time I was going to do a keynote talk, that was going to be how I wrapped it up. And it's a it's it's an absolute game changer. Are you familiar with Ho'oponopono? Yep. So for those that aren't, I'll just share briefly and then go Google it. But Ho'oponopono is this ancient Hawaiian tradition I learned about a few years ago four steps. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you say it to yourself. And I think the importance of that is understanding we're all connected. We're all droplets of one ocean. So when you're pissing on someone else, you're actually pissing on yourself. Yep. I love that. So forgiveness is huge. I I just want to highlight that for people. And you know, that exercise is big because what you shared energy management, we're literally, you're constricting your flow internally by holding these negative blocks, right? Yeah. 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 It's a big one. So here's what I want to ask you. I talk a lot about mental discipline because otherwise, if you don't learn to, the word control is kind of hard, but if you don't learn to become aware of and redirect all those negative thoughts, it's easy to get stuck in the funk. So I'm curious what you've done, what daily practices, maybe what are you doing to reframe to redirect to stay forward focused um and to actually get what you want in life yeah i mean i i uh i borrowed this term from a, a good friend of mine jonathan mansky who who coached me and you know he, he calls it going to the mental gym every morning and so you know we brush our teeth every day we shower you know some people work out every day but going to the mental gym which is just uninterrupted time uh, for me, it's, you know, reading a Bible, it's visualizing, it's imaging, it's, it's a lot of people are like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I'm like, don't get so hung up on what I do. Just make sure you do it. Yeah. Um, 
And for me, initially, I had so much money head trash. It was it was really understanding my mindset around money and journaling my mindset around money and, and, and all those things. And so, um, and so that could be, you know, 30 minutes could be an hour, could be whatever, but if it's 30 minutes a day, that's four and a half working weeks of you working on you. It's transformational. Yeah. And, and so, and then the, the thing I'll say about that, I think super important, Heather is it's, it's one of the biggest diseases around, you know, the stuff that, that you do and, and the change we want to help people with is discouragement and, and, and encouragement is like a gas tank and we have to fill it. And, and I can't, and most mornings I wake up, people are like, Oh, you're always positive. I'm like, no, it's not always sunshine, lollipops and roses. <laughs> yeah. But, but sometimes I wake up and I'm like, I'm discouraged. And I can't imagine running out of the house, you know, being pig pen from peanuts, you know, throwing out that discouraging vibe. And what am I going to attract from that? But when I'm done with my routine, I'm usually my encouragement tank is full. And so that habit is the cornerstone of my entire life. Yeah. And, and you got to have that uninterrupted time to, uh, to shift and change. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important to highlight. And I share that as well. I do not every day is sunshine and rainbows and I come up against myself a lot, but I also put myself in, I'm very big on an endurance sports. I've done triathlons, marathons. I'm a runner. And right now I'm in the middle. Today was day 21 of a 30 day challenge and part of the challenge is running four miles, four days a week, the other three days, 40 minutes of activity, whatever it is on top of, I go to the gym every morning. So this is on top of, I just needed something new. And I have come up against myself a lot having to show up for those four mile runs. And I'm a runner, but I realize, like, if I don't feel that resistance and do it anyway that resistance that fear that negative self-talk procrastination is always gonna win can we can we i i want to talk about money mindset but do you have anything to share about procrastination 80 percent of adults admit to doing it and it's holding most people back yeah i mean it's um it's it's and it's a, a framework that I actually shared in that the, the talk that you attended and uh, it's it's actually from an author named jeff shore and he calls it you know moment of discomfort moment of decision mm-hmm. and so you have a moment of discomfort and you're like okay the moment of discomfort is holy crap i don't wanna and it's usually like some frame of i don't wanna yep because we as humans are addicted to being comfortable yes but the life we want, and this is a beat up topic, right? It's it's outside our comfort zone, right? Everyone talks about that. So you got the moment of discomfort, you got the moment of decision, and you either be bold and take the step, which is what you do, or you seek comfort. Yeah. And most people seek comfort, but what you do, I'm sure, is what I do because I don't I don't want to work out. I'm not a badass like you, but. But I don't, I don't want to, but I also know like first thing in the morning, I'm like, I take a cold shower. Why? I got that from Tony Robbins, right? Because I want to train my brain to not, not negotiate. Mm. And, 
And when, when I'm faced with it and it's like, no, don't want to do the cold shower, I do the cold shower. The way you increase confidence is you keep your word. And so anyway, and, and then the habit, I've been doing it for five years. Right. And, and so moment of discomfort, moment of decision, be bold, body in motion stays in motion. I'm sure what you do is you just get your shoes on and you just get moving and you're not worried about the four miles. You're just worried about the first step and then you create momentum. So it's actually not as hard as we think. We just got to choose the bold move and then it'll leak into every area of your life, by the way. Yeah. hundred percent. I love the quote. How you do anything is how you do everything. And you're right. This morning, did I want to run four miles? No, but I chunked it down and I was like, okay, I'm a quarter mile in. I'm one mile in. I'm, you know, like I chunk it down and then I got past it anyway. Okay. You're a financial guy. Most people struggle with money. Money is just energy. Can we talk about you? You were 250 grand in debt. How did you overcome that? Cause you're not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, I mean, th there was a lot to it, but, but, it, but that, that morning routine was part of it. But, it, you know, I, I hired my coach who was financially independent and he taught me that money's a relationship and it's either functional or dysfunctional based on, you know, and he said, if money was your friend, would money hang out with you? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he said, pull out a piece of paper. I recommend everybody do this, write the word money down and write down everything you make up about that word. And in my book, I share all my head trash. It was like, and, and, and what happens is it, we, we borrow from ages zero to four. Yeah. We, we, we can't, uh, it's a, it's a book, uh, by a gal named Margaret Lynch. Have you heard of the book tapping into wealth? Mm -mm. Unbelievable. It's, it's EFT work applied to money. Okay. But even if you don't do the emotional freedom stuff, it's one of the best wealth books I've ever seen. And the quote she uses in there is the biggest determining factor of your financial success is the vows that you made to gain acceptance into your family at a young age. Meaning hmm. you have to buy their garbage to get their acceptance. And so from zero to four, you have no capacity to accept or reject anything. So when my dad said rich people are crooks, they make money on the backs of poor people. My mom said money, you either have it or you don't. Zero to four, I'm like, okay. And so, and then society piles on with rich people suck and they're horrible people and all that. So it's hard for people to get wealthy in the United States because their belief systems by the time they're 18, Heather, as you know, we're 95% hardwired programmed. Yeah. And so, but all the wealthy people, the majority of the time had the same problem, but at some point they decided to upgrade their programming. And for me, I was 37. Yeah. So my first exercise was writing down what I made up about that word and it was all negative. And it was no secret why I was broke because my thoughts are broke. But the liberating thing for me was I just needed to rewrite a new story and go to work on the affirmation of that story. And it didn't happen overnight, but it happened over time. And 
things changed as my insight changed. Anyway, hopefully that answered your question, but it's a big topic. Ultimately, what you're talking about is our subconscious programming. And yes, birth, I've heard up to age seven, whatever, right? There's a period of time when we're young, we're we're sponges taking in everything as fact. And I love how Dr. Bruce Lipton, love him. He simply shares that every result in your life is a printout of your subconscious programming. But we're so used to trying to change the external, get a new job and then I'll be happy, get in a new relationship, make more money. But if you don't understand the subconscious programming, none of that will last. So ultimately that's what we're getting into and and I want people to understand. And I talk about that a lot. Now I'd love to shift into, can you please talk about these five pillars you share in your book, Think and Grow You? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so so the problem that the book solves is stuck. And the way we get unstuck is like what I had to do in the moment of, <laughs> of you know, my wife upstairs and the purse throwing incident was humbling down, which is hard for people to do, especially when our ego's in control. We got to be willing to change. We have to do the work, but we need to know that the work is going to be worth it. So that's how we do it. But the five pillars of that change process is, you know, the first one is getting out of our own way. That's the first pillar. And so we all have self-sabotaging behaviors. And what happens is things happen. We have an unconscious reaction, which leads to a feeling, usually not a good one, an action. And it's all unconscious, hypnotic robots. Yeah. And Bill Murray Groundhog Day. It's it keeps us stuck. So the work I had to do was understanding know thyself and like, okay, these are the patterns. And instead of beating myself up for having those patterns, I just got curious around it. And curiosity caused me to do the next pillar, which is shifting. So all sorts of, okay, so when that happens, what are some tools? What are some things to actually shift to get a different thought, different feeling, different action, different result. The third pillar is relationships because everything we want in life comes from and through people and we will have no fulfillment without having great relationships. And so I had to clean up a bunch of stuff there. Fourth is actual game plan, action. And as you know, Heather, especially in this day and age of millions of podcasts and you've seen it like people become personal development zombies and they just get all this information in. they're like, I'm reading a hundred books a week and I'm listening to 5,000 podcasts and nothing, nothing changes. Um, And my superpower is grabbing a concept and applying it until I actually have shifts. Um, But, but, but game planning execution. And my coach said, you know, you're a great goal setter. You're a horrific goal achiever. So he actually taught me, a system that transformed my world. And then, and then, and then the last is just the last, and it's actually really the first, I think, but the book's written in such a way. And it's, it's the dream and the clarity of what it is that you actually want and knowing what you want. And almost nobody knows what they want. So anyway, those are the five pillars. Those are the five pillars. So on that clarity piece, uh, I, I have to share, I, I use the term self-help junkie and I was there, there was a stage in my life, constantly consuming, never applying. And then I was like, oh, if I just implement and apply this stuff into my life, that's how it changes. 
So anyway, I even read differently now. Now I highlight, I apply, I create new pro. I'm very left brain too. Like, give me a step, give me a process, give me the how to, but it's also a fine line dance of spirituality and like connecting to the energy and alignment of everything. But let me go to step five you shared. And I don't think I realized people were so stuck here, but not knowing what they want in life. And I love, I think Abraham Hicks is the one that I hear most often say that you literally can have, be, do anything you want in this lifetime. And we're the only one holding ourselves back. So in that step, step five that you shared, what would you offer people? How do you get started in like, what do you want? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it it's actually, you know, your, your schedule becomes your life and, and you got, you got to schedule time to think. And, you know, I talk about the, the cell phone being the weapon of mass distraction, right? You need to, you need to put that thing down. And for me, it's always, and a lot of stuff in my book is like pad of paper pen. Like a, a lot of the stuff that I talk about is really what's always helped me, Heather, is like inventorying what am I thinking about? And, 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 you know, my, in my darkest moments, I had to buy into the fact that my thinking actually does create my world, like 100% buy that because yeah. I didn't 100% buy it, yeah. but looking at my results and what was going on internally, it's true. So the first step is sitting down and the, the, one of my mentors, I me mean, self-made billionaire and when I was going to go visit him and I was looking for tactics and strategy, he said, your ticket into my meeting with 10 other guys is I want you to write out your ideal life. And, and I'd never done it before. Mm -hmm. And, and one guy actually didn't do it and he sent him home. And so what, what do you want your ideal life to look like? and actually writing it down and dreaming. And what will happen is as you write first 10 or 15 minutes, your ego is going to fight with you. And you're like, Chris is a jackass. This isn't important, right? You'll have all this stuff going on in your brain, but then you stay with it. And Earl Nightingale calls it the vein of gold where we actually start tapping into our subconscious. Don't type it, write it. Very important that you write. Mm -hmm. um, and then you start flowing and it's not that you need to sit down and figure it out right then and there, but if you stick with it for an hour, sometimes it's been a couple hours um, and you get it journaled. Um, that's the first step and it'll start unveiling, but it's actually think time, schedule it, don't schedule over it. And that'll be that that's, that's the process. Something I just wrote down that came to mind, um, you know, especially the role you're in, the role I'm in, and I've definitely had to overcome self-doubt, imposter syndrome, procrastination. I have found, I think life is, but especially business, entrepreneurship, it's a mindset game, right? If you don't have the belief in the daily disciplines, like, for example, a, a buddy of mine, um, I don't want to give too much away, but... Somebody I know has launched their own business. So they left, quote, comfort and security in a paycheck to start their own. And I saw him yesterday at the gym and he's in the total mind funk, 
questioning everything, a lot of self-doubt. And I just want anyone to understand wherever you are in life, if you are in that, so let's talk about identity shifting. If you're in that space, he's never going to create a successful business in that mentality, right? Or if you're so focused on the lack and the suck, dating, uh, your health, money, you're never going to create that dream life, the clarity you desire as that as that identity. Can you share, like even in that, that moment in the kitchen in this big self-radical honesty, have you had an identity shift? Oh yeah. I mean, my Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm 51 now, but the older I get, it's, it's, it's 100% mental. And, and so, and the preeminent law in personal growth and development, I mean, basically every, every book, my book, every book is written about what you focus on expands. Law, the law of growth is the preeminent law in personal growth and development. And all the work that you do is to create hopefully unconscious focus. And so for me, the overriding question always is, what am I focused on and what must that be creating? That's the question. Yeah. And so as I've gotten clear on what I want and I focused on that, right? Because even, you know, writing and promoting a book, oh man, all my programs fired, right? Yeah. <laughs> Approval addiction, judgment, yeah. deservingness, worthiness. It's not that they all went away, but in those moments, my question was, so your buddy, he's in a funk because he's focusing on it not working. Right. Right. And so during that stuff, I'm like, Huh, I used my own book on me because what was I focused on and what what must that be creating? And it was it was I, I had to shift. And so yeah, I mean to answer your question, it's it's 100 percent mentality, 100 percent of the time. And you just gotta ask yourself moment by moment, what am I focusing on? Chris, I need that as a shirt. A hundred percent mentality, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. Here's what I want to know. What are some daily rituals? Is it morning? Is it evening? Is it midday? What are you doing consistently to keep you in the right mental game? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, I talked on it before, but I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it's the morning routine. Um, and just that whole, you know, encouragement, filling the encouragement meter. But, uh, I mean, your health is your wealth. And that's just not a saying, I mean, you got to have it and and you got to have the energy. So obviously working out, not to the extent that you do, but, you know, um, clearing, clearing the funk um, yeah. mentally from that. I mean, those, those are the main things. Uh, and then I think, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I, I have, um, I have a, a routine of just getting ready uh, I call it in, in my book, the chapter is called get it together. And I just have a routine of, of preparing for the week. And I don't feel internally good until that's done. And there, there's a lot to that, but you got to kind of prepare to win. And one of my mentors always said, casual people become casualties. And a lot of entrepreneurs 
are super casual. They roll into Monday morning and they don't have, they don't have a plan of attack and they're not prepared to win. Okay. So I want to ask you there, uh, cause I, I dance on this fine line of needing to take action and having some strategy, but also like as, as an example, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and, and I put this into play. That's why I can speak from experience. Dispenza teaches that when you have a clear intention, whatever that is, right, your end goal, if it's a dollar amount, if it's a home and experience, it doesn't matter the thing. If you have a clear intention and you embody that elevated emotion or as Neville Goddard would teach, living from the end, because I think what most people do is get hung up on the how, right? So they're thinking of their desire where Neville and, and Dispenza are talking about living from the end. So when you embody and live as though you are a six-figure earner or you are a hundred pounds less, then that inevitably leads to taking those actions and serendipities and synchronicities coming your way. So my question is, I want a male's perspective. How are you dancing that line of being logical and analytical and needing to take action, but also allowing in the alignment and the energetics of it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I love Neville Goddard and um, everyone as you pushed out. It's one of my most favorite concepts on the planet. Um, but, but I, I like, I like Mike Dooley a lot. You know, he calls it both ends to the middle. Right. And so that's, that's, that's life. Um, you know, there's always two extremes and, you know, there's, I want to serve and help a ton of people. And then there's like, I got to make some money. Yeah. And so, you know, bringing those to the middle and that dance, uh, is, is huge. And so I'm in full agreement that you got to have a picture and an image and you got to hand that to your subconscious mind and, and be, and be guided and trust intuition but I also believe, you know, a sailboat captain has to pull up anchor and, and plot plot the course, and they got to have some some action to move forward. But they have to stay open to what what happens, yeah. and and not get so stuck in this is the path. So I think that's kind of the messiness of all this. I think everybody's looking for some elegant answer. Yeah. Um, at least for me, it's, it's, uh, it's those things. It's pulling up anchor. It's leaving dock. It's like, okay, I want to get there, but how I'm going to get there is never what I think it's going to be and be open to the shifting and enjoy that process. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. I, I think it's both ends to the middle. Yeah. I want to share something I always write. And actually I have one here. I write out what I call manifestos because I need, I need, focus for me. Otherwise I get distracted, right? Shiny object syndrome. But I always write at the bottom of mind, this or something even better. Like open yourself up to, yes, you want this, but better. And a, a lot of the times it's come to me, obviously not in ways I could have imagined, but better than I expected. So just allow that, right? Yeah, for certain. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Question for you, and you know, I kind of asked you before we started recording. If you could give humanity a billboard message, what do you want people to know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's the whole humble down thing is is huge um, because we we just we have to, we have to humble down. We can't get so hung up in how we do it 
we got to be willing to change. We have to work to change. It's not optional. You, you have to be intentional about growing and changing. And and the work you're going to put in is is worth it. And then I think probably the maybe maybe I'll change my 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 brand statement, but over the top of it, <laughs> I write the word relax. <laughs> yeah. Relaxed. I call it uh, calm urgency. I think I stole that from Bob Proctor. Calm urgency is uh, is the way you uh, get things done. I'm curious because this is coming to mind. Are you, you know, where you were, where you shared that moment in the kitchen, kind of your wake up call? What would you say, like your state of joy and being more present is now? Oh, it's uh, transformational. I mean, it's 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 uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's night and day. I don't know that dude. Um, I haven't known him for years, and and hopefully in a few years we t- you know we talk again and you're like I I don't want to I don't want anyone I mean you know it too right you run into people and you're like same person as ten years ago yeah. same person as twenty years ago yeah. and I never want that to be said about me I ho- hopefully the, there's a constant evolving and changing but yeah w- way way more peaceful and. I call it living your active core values and uh, it's, it's, it's a good spot to be in. I love that. So here's my question for you. Cause we've touched on a lot and your new book ultimately is getting unstuck. So if you could give listeners one key takeaway, what do you want people to know? Uh, probably my favorite quote in that book is we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. And I think there's just this idea and it probably got ingrained in us when we were in grade school that we, we, we came here to be perfect. And that's just ridiculous that, I mean, perfectionism is a form of self-sabotage. It's one of the biggest ones I see. And so, you know, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not a guru. I haven't arrived. No. Um, And I got messy parts, but I love approving except to myself and we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. And we're never going to get it done. We're never going to get to the bottom of it. And we just got to love this process of getting better and enjoy it. And uh, it'll work out. Yeah. And you know what I love from that? Cliche. But it really is enjoying the journey. Because if you're not, it's like, what's the point of the, any of this? Yeah. Yeah. No happy ending to an unhappy journey. Oh, I think I wrote that down too. Yes. That was a phenomenal quote you shared. Thank you. That it was yeah. so good. Yeah. So here's what I'd love to do to wrap up the interview. I have a couple of rapid fire questions. Sure. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Quote or motto that I live by. Um, God, I think I just gave it to you. I mean, that that's, that really, I want to get people to understand that they got to become their biggest fans and they literally need to love and approve of themselves more people don't number one cheerleader instead of number one critic yeah absolutely big one what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend maybe one that helped you in your journey uh you know when people come to me and they're like hey what's the book to start with and it's uh bob proctor you're born rich i just i think it's just absolutely ingenious uh phenomenal book. So I know Bob Proctor's work. Um, I have not read that book. What's maybe like a key principle in that? Um, I mean, it's, it's all the stuff that you teach, uh, 
but you know, he, he read until he passed away like a year ago. I mean, he read think and grow rich every single day for 50 some years. Yeah. And it's just, it's just an easier, you know, version of it. Um, but, but I, it's a quote I use. You don't get, you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. And I ask people often, you know, in your heart of hearts, what are you really expecting to happen? Mm-hmm. And when they're honest with that, they get exactly what they expect. Yeah. And most people hope positive, expect negative. And so I think what he talks about in that book is expectation is the triggering point that makes all this, whatever you want to call it, law of attraction or whatever, expectation is the triggering point that makes it all possible. And so I always got to ask myself, what am I really in my heart of hearts expecting to happen? And our job is to grow and expect much more than what we're currently getting. On that note, I truly believe life is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever we're putting out, we get back. It's very simple, right? Boomerang effect. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Chill out. Trust, Mm -hmm. trust, 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 trust. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Waste of way too much time worrying about stuff that never happened. Yes. Such a great note to end on. Chris, thank you so much for joining. And I'll include links in the description on book and ways to connect with you. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. It's been awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.